you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell's newest election-related announcement, despite the serious legal threats he's been facing for the past year over his previous election announcements. Candace Taylor and Julie Green going absolutely off the rails with conspiracy theories. This never gets old. Michael Flynn turning himself into a QAnon god and then attacking one of the most famous QAnon pastors to his face. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. This is a guy named Vincent James. He is close friends with Nick Fuentes, who is close friends with Marjorie Taylor Greene, or once was, I think they had a falling out, and who is also close friends with Kanye West. He has some deeply disturbing views on women and society, naturally. Check this clip out from late June 2022. Listen to what he had to say. We are the Christian Taliban. This is, this is the era of Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism is on the rise, and people are thirsty for it. They are hungry for this. I'm hungry for your mom. And we are the Christian Taliban. And we will not stop until The Handmaid's Tale is... A reality and even worse than that to be honest yes we do have to start rolling back the there was this article from the atlantic was like well alito is on a mission to roll back the rights of of women to roll back the past hundred years of rights that were given to women yes yes that is that is what we're doing yes i know it is that's why the article was written because that's what's happening the reason that he's framing it this way is because a lot of the time, far-right people like this try to play it coy and pretend that they don't actually want to do any of this stuff instead of just admitting it. But he's coming out here and, and just admitting it. He wants to roll back the rights of women. He wants to take Jews out of power, quote-unquote. He wants to make this into a Christian theocracy, basically. He wants to turn the United States into a Christian nationalist state, effectively. Now, why are we talking about this guy in the first place? I actually got a voicemail about this exact thing, so I wanted to give this a listen, see what they had to say. Hi, um, this is Sarah from Canada calling, and I'm curious of your thoughts on the increasing push on the far right to roll back women's suffrage. Uh, I know it's been a thing since I was a teenager and I'm a... Women's suffrage is women's right to vote, uh, FYI. It's kind of a niche political term that most people don't hear on a day-to-day basis, so I figured I'd just mention it. I was a teenager and I'm about your age uh, because uh, my father gave me some propaganda to that effect when I was about that age. Um, Curious your thoughts. Anyway, I hope you have a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah, there are actually a lot of people that are setting out to roll back women's rights. Now, a lot of people don't even realize like how far women's rights have come and how quickly they've gotten there. Like back in the 70s and the 80s, women weren't allowed to have their own credit cards. They weren't allowed to rent their own apartments. You had to be married to a man, basically. You had to be with a man. If it wasn't your husband, then you had to live with your parents, basically, if you were a woman. 
just because of how society was structured. Now, women have had the right to vote for a while, I, I think since the 1920s or 30s, maybe, but they have not been treated as equals at all, not for very long, at the very least. And there is most definitely a push in society right now, particularly among the far right, to roll those rights back. Now, unfortunately for Vincent James, the moral arc bends toward justice. Each generation that's born is more liberal and progressive and left-leaning than the one before it. It has always worked that way. Society moves forward. It progresses. It changes. That's how it's always been, and that's how it'll always be. As a matter of fact, a lot of the time, younger generations, as they get older, tend to move further right a little bit. That doesn't seem to be the trend with millennials, interestingly enough. As the older generation dies off, the world gets a little bit more progressive, a little bit more left-wing and accepting. That's why women didn't have the right to vote until the early 1900s. Minority groups didn't have the right to vote. Or there, there was segregation up until the 1960s, and now it's viewed as a given. Like, of course we're not going to segregate. Of course women have the right to vote, and minority groups too. Like, we're, we're not even, like, pointing that out. We're not even questioning that. It's just a fact, and it's not going to change. Everybody felt that way about Roe v. Wade, for example. We felt like it was established, that it was here to stay, because everybody wanted it to stay. But the older generation pops their head in, the Supreme Court, they reverse it, because they wanted things to go back to the way they were before, and everybody is pissed off over it now. Older generations are losing their political influence. Younger generations are coming into their prime and taking control of the political system. Sometimes it feels helpless and hopeless. Sometimes it feels like the far right is succeeding. But remember that as time goes on, people get more and more and more progressive and the older conservative generation slowly but surely dies off. So over time, we will succeed in making this a better place for everybody. We will. So don't worry too much about it. We'll get there. So as you can see on screen, I have the book that I'm currently reading on my Telltale Reads YouTube channel. The title is President Donald J. Trump, the Son of Man, the Christ. It's the kind of thing where you can just kind of jump in at any point. Like each video that I produce stands independently of the rest. But there is like a linear progression from like chapter to chapter to chapter if you do want to read them in order. Well, anyway... This book was written by a guy who believes that Donald Trump is the Messiah, the second coming of Jesus. And there's some absolutely ass backwards reasoning involved here. But anyway, we're almost done with this book. We are on page 250 of 321. I've decided I'm going to read a new book. I've decided on the book that I'll be reading next. It is called The Tate Bible by our very own the tater tot himself, Andrew Tate. It's terrible. It is so bad. I don't know if you knew uh, this about the guy, how he made his money was through human trafficking. The things that he did to make the money that he has were illegal. The business model that he implemented is illegal, not only in the United States, but in Romania where he did this and basically anywhere in Europe. It's it, against the law to traffic other human beings the way that he did. And here's where it gets really interesting. This book 
that he wrote describes exactly how he did it and how to do it. This is like how to incriminate yourself in criminal activity 101. That's what this book is all about. Uh, it starts out with the Tate prayer, the Tate's prayer, apparently. Our Tate who art in Bucharest, Andrew be thy name, thy kingdom come through cam and fun. The, the cam thing there is a reference to how he made his money, which is through human trafficking. Online as it is on the blockchain, give us this day our daily vodka and forgive those the shit munchers for their trespasses against us. Lead us to women for temptation. And deliver unto us our dominoes, for his is the Lambo, the McLaren, and Ferrari, forever with Tristan. Amen. His brother's name is Tristan. I'm doing a full breakdown of this guy on Wednesday on my unfiltered channel, and I'll probably eventually upload it to my main channel after editing and adding some things in. This picture in itself is just disturbing and grotesque. Anyway, yeah, just kind of glancing through like the table of contents here he's got his dedication he's got a chapter called the truth about your ego do girls love money 50 things every man should do laws of the pimp game no joke these are the titles of the chapters i had a gun pulled on me i've had a gun pulled on me too why what what could you possibly have to say about that in an entire chapter of your book he acts like the world's biggest hard ass it drives me nuts Imagine life as a millionaire, the Tate brothers, why you'll never be rich, the mindset you must have to achieve what you want. You know what? Before I go any further, I should probably tell you who this guy is. If you've never heard of him before, I will give you the introduction to Andrew Tate that I had to Andrew Tate. Let me show you the very first video that I ever saw of this guy. And when you watch it, bear in mind, this is not a parody. This is real. He really believes this stuff. July 2022. If you ever see a man who's talking about food, oh, I had this amazing steak at this one restaurant. This steak is so amazing. He's broke. He's a brokey. Because if the steak was so amazing, he'd eat every day. And he'd eat every day to the point where he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. But he doesn't do that because he can't afford it. You understand? So whenever you see anyone talking about bragging about the meal they cooked or this ingredient they got or that steak they had, just do Because people do that to me all the time. And I'm just sitting there going, hmm, you're poor. Interesting. Oh, you're broke. Yes, okay. Oh, you went on your birthday and had that steak. Oh, wow. Mm, once a year. Mm. Broke talk. Brokies. Real G's. Every day. Minor. Ain't a thing. He calls people brokies. Unironically. This is bad, dude. This is bad. So anyway, that's Andrew Tate, if you were unfamiliar. that You now have the introduction that I had. You're welcome for that one. Anyway, as I was saying about his book, this isn't even a segment. I just kind of wanted to glance through it. Next chapter is the Tate Brothers, Why You'll Never Be Rich. I mean, what could he possibly say in this? Why is he so famous? Why are people latching onto this? Again, he's a human trafficker. He has no respect for women, none. They are worth nothing to him. These are his words. They are worth nothing to him. Let's just look at like 50 things every man should do. Let's just jump in anywhere. Fly first class and don't sleep. Drink a lot of champagne and eat a lot of food and watch bullshit movies. Be extra friendly to the cabin crew. Enjoy the experience for what it is an experience. Okay, thank you. Number 17, dig a hole big enough to stand in. It's good for your upper body. It takes resolve and will, and it's a reminder of where you're going to end up. Once the hole is dug, fill it up and go live your life. It seems pointless. Number 15, get arrested. Hey, he's checked that one off the list, hasn't he? A couple nights in jail is good for you. 
I've accumulated about two weeks across different incidences. I think that might just be the perfect amount. Get a loan and refuse to pay it back. Sell or transfer your assets first. Or do it just before you move country. Cash enslaves people. It's not fair. The banks are absolute criminals and you need to get some small retribution. They'll simply print more money. Fuck them. I've just... I don't even know what to say. <laughs> anyway, if you want to, like, see... I did a whole segment on this on my main channel, breaking down everything. And I did a bunch of stuff on my unfiltered channel, too. So just go check that out if you want to see some stuff by this guy. If you want to hear his whole worldview broken down, or you want to hear exactly what's going on with, like, criminal charges and why I say that he's a human trafficker, check out my main channel and my unfiltered stuff. Hey, Owen, this is RJ from California. Um, I, I actually have a really quick question for you, because uh, my family on my father's side are Joe witnesses. Um, the one thing I've never understood is uh, I know, you know, they don't celebrate holidays, they don't celebrate birthdays, they don't go to parties, whatever. Um, but why is it that um, Jehovah's Witnesses are allowed to celebrate wedding anniversaries? That was something that always puzzled me. Like, why is it that they're able to celebrate wedding anniversaries, but they're not allowed to do, you know, birthdays and what have you? It always uh, puzzled me. But, uh, yeah, if you could just uh, uh, get back to me on that, I'd really appreciate it, Max. That's a great work. Yeah, I appreciate it. Really interesting question. This is actually an inconsistency that you're pointing out with Jehovah's Witnesses. So Jehovah's Witnesses are like super obsessed with pagan practices, quote unquote, and they use that as the basis to basically count out any celebrations of any sort. They can always fall back on pagan practices. What is a pagan? Somebody who wasn't a Christian at, at one point or, some, or a peasant. Somebody who was like of the lower order, the lower class back in the day, who didn't really take part in, you know, the higher practice of, of being a Christian. So the common folks traditions basically is what paganism is in Jehovah's Witnesses eyes or the way that they define it. Really, they like, for example, having wreaths or trees on Christmas is a pagan practice if you will it's all just completely made up it's just a, an excuse by jehovah's witnesses to not celebrate things to separate their people from the rest of the world now here's the interesting thing wedding rings are actually in jehovah's witnesses eyes they would also be considered pagan practice to wear a wedding ring or to in get you know engaged to somebody with a wedding ring the way that we do in society today but they're okay with it they don't say a word about it. That's part of Jehovah's Witness tradition. Celebrating anniversaries and getting married with the weddings that we have and giving out wedding rings and the whole nine yards. So just out of curiosity, let's just take a quick glance at their article, Jehovah's Witnesses article on wedding rings. The, the article title is, Is it proper for a Christian to wear a wedding ring? Many sincere Christians have asked this question out of a desire to avoid any custom of which God might disapprove. Oh my God, they are so wordy. Just give us an answer. Some of the questioners know that Catholic prelate John H. Newman wrote the use of temples and these dedicated to particular saints, sacerdotal vestments, the tonsure, the ring in marriage, turning to the east, images at a later date, perhaps the ecclesiastical chant, and Kyrie Ellison, 
are all of pagan origin and sanctified by their adoption into the church. Okay. Written in 1878, apparently. While the facts prove that many of the current religious practices Newman lists definitely were adopted from pagan worship, is that true of the wedding ring? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, so I guess the uh, angle they're going to take with this is probably to claim that it's not pagan. They can find the most niche, weird, little pagan connection in anything, but they like to completely ignore it when it's convenient. That's actually really interesting. There are conflicting ideas as to the origin of the wedding ring. Let us give a few examples. Now, I'm not interested in their in their examples. Uh, wedding rings are just as linked to paganism as any of the other things that Jehovah's Witnesses refuse to celebrate because of their supposed pagan links. And you know what? Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate birthdays not because they're linked to paganism, but because any time a birthday takes place in the Bible, it's under questionable circumstances. Somebody loses a head, for example. If you use that line of reasoning, I mean, that is like the most nitpicky reason imaginable. But if you use that line of reasoning, you'd have to count out having a dog as a pet, too, because dogs are spoken of negatively exclusively in the Bible. Only mentions of dogs are negative in the Bible. So they find the nitpickiest of reasons to disavow something or to not do something or to ignore something or whatever. But in this one case, they're like conflicting ideas as to the origin of the wedding ring. Really? Suddenly you think it's not a big deal because we can't prove it unequivocally. So whatever. Fascinating how they're okay with some things and not okay with others. And really there is no logical reasoning behind any of it. So there's your answer. It's all nonsense. It never made any sense from the very beginning. They were just looking for reasons to separate everybody else from society. That's about it. Anyway, thank you for the uh, voicemail. Hi, Owen. My name is Jake from Washington. I recently got out of AA because I realized the program was fostering dependence and taking over my life. I know you've criticized 12-step programs in the past, and you can do so a lot more articulately than I can, so I was wondering if you could take a minute to explain the harms of 12-step programs. Thank you. Bye. Definitely. Uh, the 12-step program is not science-based. Never was. It was created by a church originally, and it's a valiant effort. Get people off of drugs. I love it. Uh, drugs or alcohol. I appreciate that very much. That's fantastic. But why are we basing this off of a religious program in the first place? The 12 steps mention God a minimum of three different times. Like the steps revolve around God in some way or a higher power or whatever multiple different times. Why? Why do I need that when we have science-based uh, treatment programs that can actually help us and have been peer-reviewed and tested in focus groups and all of that stuff. And we know which thing is successful more often than not. Like, we don't need to go to a 12-step program to get clean when we know that their success rates are significantly worse than secular therapy or, or secular treatment programs science-based treatment programs. We can go to those and have much better results overall. Now, aside from that, drugs and God work on the same portion of the brain. 
And that is probably the reason for AA and NA's moderate success anyways. It's really not that successful in the first place, but it probably owes at least part of its success to that fact that they act on the same centers of the brain. So getting super religious and and really, really, really involved in Jesus and being in a congregation with a bunch of people and speaking in tongues and all of that other stuff feels very much the same as doing coke or meth, for example. So the 12 Steps program or Alcoholics Anonymous program's goal has kind of been to replace the drugs with God. And, you know, that's fine, I guess, but we're trying not to replace the need. We're really trying to address the underlying emotional problems that led to that need in the first place. We don't need to replace it with anything, and we shouldn't be replacing it with anything. Why would we want to replace it with God when there are so many risks that come along with that? What if your faith is challenged? Suddenly you have no reason to stay clean in the first place. Suddenly you're not getting that high of being in a church surrounded with all those people and and yelling and screaming about, you know, Jesus and speaking in tongues and all that stuff. Now you're not getting that replacement drug fed into your veins. You're not getting that replacement feeling, that replacement high that took over when you walked away from drugs and you are at an even higher risk of going back to drugs. Now, all of this could be forgivable if they had higher success rates than secular therapy, but they don't. They have significantly worse success rates than secular therapy. Why would anybody go to NA or AA when they have worse results and they're effectively replacing the drug with God? Why would anybody do that? Anyway, that's kind of my take on it. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I mean, there is an empirical answer to this. The answer is we should base our treatment programs off of science. But tell me if you disagree. What is your favorite TNG episode? Oh, man. It's been a while since I've gone through TNG. Um, The next generation is what that means, by the by. For those not in the know, us Trekkies use TNG to refer to it. The one, the inner light, I think is what it's called. It was where Picard was zapped by that uh, probe, and it gave him an entire life beginning to end, a whole experience of living on these people's planet and watching the planet be destroyed. And then he grows old, has children, and dies. And when he dies, or when he's on his deathbed, his children reveal to him that this was this alien civilization's way of preserving their species, preserving the knowledge that they had to offer. And he learned to play the flute when he was in this dream world, basically, that seemed 100% real. And when they finally, when he finally died at the end of his life in this dream world that they created for him, he woke up in real life and they find, they pull the probe in and they find hidden in the probe the flute that he played. Oh, that was a beautiful episode. Oh my God. Such a, an incredible, you know, here's another one where he, this is really my favorite, I think, where he did a mind meld with Spock's dad, Sarek, to help Sarek 
level out his emotions because when Vulcans get old, their form of dementia is where they get really, really emotional and have fits of rage and crying and everything. And, oh, Picard is such a good actor, man. Just maybe the best actor in the world. I don't say that lightly. He, it was an absolutely incredible performance. Oh my God, dude. The Next Generation was just such a fantastic series. I'm sorry for the non-Trekkies in the audience, but oh yes. All Good Things was great, yeah. is that Was that the name of it? I don't remember if that was the name of the episode where he was... Was All Good Things... So I think there's The Inner Light and there's All Good Things. Are those the two episodes I'm talking about right now? Nerd! <laughs> yeah, thanks for the Super Chat Booster Gold. You gotta watch them if you haven't seen them. You have to watch them. This is from a time when TV wasn't really sequential they didn't really have serial dramas as often because you never knew which episode you were popping in to watch so they were not as common you can binge serial dramas on netflix and that's why serial dramas are so popular now so a lot of the the next generation episodes are are meant to be able to like jump in at any point and watch them and they're like full beginning to end stories so you can just watch those episodes if you want you got to tiptoe non-sci-fi people into it, like starting with Galaxy Quest or something, right? Oh, my God. The Next Generation is so good. And it's not just about sci-fi stuff either. The Next Generation, okay, I'd say Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, you have to be a sci-fi fan for that because it all kind of revolves around sci-fi. But The Next Generation is more about politics and, like, you know dealing with alien races and the politics of getting along with them in the event of, you know, how to communicate and work with them and stuff. And it's about like mystery and all kinds of stuff, dude. I just, God, I loved the next generation and I honestly loved Voyager too. I didn't like any of the actors in it really, but Oh, Voyager was, I loved the premise being lost in the middle of nowhere. It was really cool. Wait, was Kevin Sorbo on Epstein's list? Was he really? Is that true? I don't know if that's true. That would be something else if it was. Holy shit. Deep Space Nine is my favorite. And it was too religious for me. I wasn't a fan. They were always talking about religion. I feel like it was too much. I did watch all the way through beginning to end. And it was good, but it was just too religious. Yeah, Voyager is really good. I don't like any of the actors, though. But it was a really good series. Next, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell's newest election-related announcement. Despite the serious legal threats he's been facing for the past year over his previous election-related announcements. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Mike Lindell. If you're unfamiliar with the guy, he is... God, how do I put this politely? He is Donald Trump's biggest fanboy and is absolutely convinced that there was foul play in the 2020 election. He has made this his entire life. He's put millions of dollars into election integrity, as he calls it. In reality, he's completely full of it, has no idea what he's talking about, never did. Well, guess what? Not only is he currently being sued in, I believe, multiple lawsuits 
for false defamatory claims that he's made about the Dominion voting systems, Smartmatic, and, and a bunch of other people. Eric Coomer, personally, I think the CEO of Dominion, I'm not even sure. Not only is he being sued for all of that stuff, and he has been for a while, he's making more election claims. Dude is still doing this. Check this out. This is late December 2022. Listen to what he had to say here. Uh, they don't want the truth to come out that this was just a big setup. It was a setup to silence our voices. He's talking about January 6th. He says January 6th was a big setup. On January 7th and 8th, 1.2 million people got platformed across our country. And they lost their Vimeos, Twitter, Zuckerbuck, Facebook. What the hell is a Zuckerbuck? Why did he... he like I know that you guys probably don't watch as much Lindell as I do. Like nobody should be forced to endure that. But <laughs> he says this a lot. Actually, he uses the term Zuckabuck entirely too often. I don't know what it means. There's Zuckabuck, Facebook, YouTube, including our president losing what one a hundred million people on Twitter. Um, this was it's all it was all a setup charade, a setup for to deflect. And to scare people, to put fear into people, and uh, it's absolutely—it's just been disgusting. Dude, I honestly don't know how he can rationalize that type of position to himself after Donald Trump specifically said he wanted true patriots, quote-unquote, to be there at the Capitol on January 6th. He invited them personally and said, I will be there with you. We're going to the Capitol. We're going to give them a piece of our mind and show them what we really think, basically. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And they showed up, and sure enough, there was violence. There was an attempt to overthrow the U.S. government. Not only do I not know how Lindell believes this stuff himself, and I do think he honestly believes the BS that he spews, but how is it that he convinces others of this garbage? This just blows my mind. He thinks, it, like, again, this is a giant persecution complex. He thinks he's being persecuted. Everyone's being persecuted for breaking the law, for literally mounting a, an insurrection against the U.S. government. I, I don't feel like that's hyperbole. Lindell has been in trouble for the things that he says for a while now. Back in uh, when early April 2022, he was served court documents by a guy named Eric Coomer. Eric Coomer, I believe, is or was the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems, and he sued Lindell for defamation, I think. Check this out. Early April 2022 is when this happened. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for everything. What is this? Sir, sir, what is this? It's for you. Okay, well, what is it's it? It's not for me. It's not for me. It's for you. Okay, I, I need you to open. I don't that, is, that is a full document right there, sir. Oh, it is. Sorry. God, I just, I love it, dude. Process servers are so sneaky sometimes. They can get you wherever you are. It is really crazy. And look at this guy. He dressed up like he belonged in this crowd, like, you know, wearing the what what appears to be kind of like a hunter's jacket. So you're more visible out in the field to humans. And he seems to be wearing so an Iraqi. Wait, what's it say? Iraq, Afghanistan veteran hat with like ribbons on it and stuff. Process servers or something else, man. He fit into the crowd perfectly. Nobody suspected a thing. So anyways, yeah, Lindell, after being served these papers. OK, let me give you a little advice. Not a lawyer, but 
this is advice I think anybody can take. If you are being served papers calling you to a lawsuit, shut your fucking mouth. Don't say a word. Just clam up and let things play out in court because the the more you talk, the more things that you say, the more incriminating it is. Early April 2022, like just uh, I think two days after that happened or maybe even the next day, Lindell comes out there and says this. And all this stuff. Well, there was a guy there that gave me an envelope and it's about this stick. And I said, what's this? And he was kind of sheepish. He says, don't open that here. Well, you might have seen it in the news today. It's a lawsuit, another lawsuit. They, they, um, Eric Coomer, the president of uh, Dominion, don't know if he still is, but he sued myself. He sued my pillow and he sued frankspeech.com. So again, like I said, if you are served papers, shut up. Shut your mouth. Don't talk about it ever again. Not until you are in a courtroom with a lawyer should you say a word about this. Dude doesn't know how to protect himself to save his own life. So he sued Frank's speech and my pillow, um, thousands of employees. It's just one more thing they just pile on, Brandon. Uh, do we have just a show? And whose fault is that? He's acting like it's everybody else's fault except for his. He is the one at fault here. He is the one that defames this organization, this business, this person. He defamed them. He broke the law. This is him, his doing, nobody else's. What kind of guy this is. Um, I know we have a couple of uh, um, articles that came out on him just recently, right? Yeah, we do. They were published over the Gateway Pundit. Right. I mean, this guy is yeah, never heard of the Gateway Pundit, have no idea who that is or why he believes that they're trustworthy. Eric Coomer is, was just the CEO of a company. That's it. Wasn't even that big of a company. And Mike Lindell went out there and demonized the guy stochastic terrorism style, targeting him and getting his audience whipped into a blood frenzy and ready to do something insane. Right. I mean, this guy is a. Uh... Uh, he's very, he's a, he's an evil man. Um, that's all there is to it. Um, yeah, Eric Coomer is the evil man. A hundred percent. Definitely. Mike, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on like Lindell's history with being sued and show you that the guy cannot clamp it to save his life because believe it or not, he's still refusing to shut his mouth despite everyone's best efforts, despite what his attorney is telling him. Shut up. He can't. Listen to this one. Late December 2022. Shame on you, Sean. You told me in the summer that you couldn't talk about it. Talking about Sean Hannity recommending that Mike Lindell shut his mouth so that he doesn't get sued anymore, basically, by Dominion. Forever ago, I, I don't know, I think last year or something, like after the 2020 election, Dominion voting systems were heavily demonized and criticized and all kinds of claims were made about them by Mike Lindell and Sidney Powell and Fox News, Newsmax, One American News, a bunch of organizations and people out there like that. They made a bunch of bizarre, unhinged, untrue, objectively false claims 
about Dominion voting systems to try to convince the general public that there was foul play. Basically, they made these claims that Dominion voting systems was originally owned by, I don't know, a Venezuelan company or something, and it had ties to China, and China was secretly changing the votes, and they were sending our ballots overseas and flipping a bit you know I, you know how all these people just make shit up like this it was so bad that they finally got sued for defamation for a billion dollars they sued Sidney powell for a billion dollars they sued mike lindell for a billion dollars fox news clammed up and stopped talking about it in fact i think they might have even read a statement from dominion voting systems on air like at the very least, I believe Newsmax and or One America News read these statements from Dominion Systems. We have no reason to believe that there was any foul play. We don't think that there was any link to other governments with Dominion voting systems. We don't believe that they flipped votes or any of that other stuff. But Mike Lindell continued on. Sean Hannity said, shut up because you're being sued for a billion dollars and we're going to be sued for a billion dollars also. Just shut your mouth. And he couldn't. That's what Sean Hannity was trying to communicate to, to Mike Lindell. And he's sitting here saying, shame on you. Like, this is so ridiculous and embarrassing. Shame on you, Sean. You told me in the summer that you couldn't talk about it. But yet you said, back off, Mike, before you get hurt. That's what he said, that these people are going to come and hurt me. Okay, I... Who? These people, what people is he even talking about? Who would come and hurt Mike Lindell? Like, nobody needs to hurt him. You know who you don't get money out of? Somebody that's been hurt or killed. Why would they hurt him? They can sue him for every penny he's worth. This is all just more persecution complex nonsense. You know, they're going to come after you. Don't you said right to, right to Kendra, said, don't you care about, you care about him? Tell him to let this go. Let 2020 go, Mike. That was what Sean said to me more than once. Just like he did the therapeutics the year before when we had all those therapeutics at work. He called me right after Anderson Cooper for an hour on the phone and said, you need to back off. You need to back off. I said, well, I want to save people's lives, save our country. At that point, I guess I should have because I was at $10 million worth of uh, worth of that therapeutic to give away to the country to help. Dude, what is he talking about? This therapeutics stuff? This is like deep lore that I am not privy to. To give away to the country, to help open up our country and save lives. And just last week, you know, the plush, a lot of out being outdated. And uh, because Big Pharma just fought and fought and fought. Big Pharma, right. Big Pharma is definitely to blame for all of his problems. Yeah. And so anyway, the point is Mike Lindell has had everybody and their sister calling him and telling him, Mike, you're going to be sued, or he's already being sued. You're going to lose these lawsuits. You're going to lose every penny that you own if you don't, like, at least narrow it down to only saying factual things. Like, don't make things up. Only speak about factual things at the very least. He couldn't even do that. It's due to something else. He just blows me away. Check this one out. This is another from late December 2022. I'm going to break a little breaking news, Brandon, here right now um, that this will, this will probably surprise a lot of people. Okay, I'm down. Let's hear it. Um, and I don't know if you know about it, or but uh, do you know what I took my 
my uh, about you know a lot of what's happening right now. He was just he was telling us a story and suddenly started stumbling over his words. About you know a lot of my team, uh, at least the cyber team and the uh, the IT people. You, you know what county in the country I had him I'm having him focus on what uh, for the next couple of weeks. What what which one? Uh, it is um, um, just to hold on a second. Go go talk, talk there. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I'm getting advice from my my attorney here not to say. <laughs> Getting advice from its attorney live not to say anything. Is this real? Again, the guy can't, like, keep his mouth shut to save his own life. Why is his attorney even bothering? Why is he trying? The answer, though, I, I'm pretty sure is he wants to focus in on Florida. I believe that this clip came, like, immediately after the one that we just saw. It, like, chronologically. So I, he goes on to explain something else. Continue listening here. What did you, you find out after we broke away there for a minute? Okay, well, here's what we got, everybody. Just like I told you before, we have, uh, you know, with Smartmatic, we have all those CASFO records for um, the results have come in for um, L.A. County. So we have all everything on Smartmatic from the 2020 election. Smartmatic was one of the voting machine companies, I believe, and it's used in like two districts in 2020 or something like that. It's not really that widespread in our election system. And either way, they weren't like rigging the system. It's like completely made up. What we're doing now is I am going after Dade County in the 2022 election. And everyone says, now, why would you go after Dade County? Does that would you know why, Brandon? Okay, Dade County is the county that Miami is in, in Florida, and it is heavily Hispanic. There are a lot of Hispanic people there. And it's historically been viewed as like a, a left-wing or Democratic stronghold. You can just about guarantee that a Democrat, or it's going to vote more blue generally. It's going to vote more liberal at the very least, more left. To everyone's surprise, it voted very, very red, like a lot more red than usual in 2022 the 2022 midterms ron DeSantis was running for governor again and he took the miami-dade area surprisingly so lindell says he's going after miami-dade okay does that would you know why brandon but well, no i mean that's florida you would think oh that's a conservative state dade county oh, well, you know what happened in dade county in uh in the 2022 election is that the one where, where no uh, that's not the one where there's so many hispanics flipped and voted for republican is it well this is where ron DeSantis won dade county that's all republican one dade county okay let me give you a little bit of context here mike lindell does not like ron DeSantis. He views DeSantis as the only credible threat to his god emperor Donald Trump in the 2024 election. Trump announced that he's running in 2024. No questions asked. It's going to happen, according to Trump. And Ron DeSantis is very obviously an, altern uh, an alternative successor, an alternate possibility to somebody for the Republican Party. The only alternative to Donald Trump. And the establishment people in the Republican Party have really been pumping him up and trying to garner interest in DeSantis because they want to separate from Donald Trump, basically. So Lindell sees that. He knows that they're trying to separate from Trump 
So he starts targeting DeSantis with everything he's got. That is the real reason why he wants to talk about Miami-Dade County. Dade County. Okay. Well, for me, I look at deviations, everybody. That's a deviation. Because that was historical. I don't, I, he, normally I, Republicans don't, I don't win that believe, county. I don't believe it. So I want to, so yeah, just going to show everybody, just like we always say about Democrats where they stole their elections. Okay, now he's at the very least heavily implying that Ron DeSantis stole the 2022 election because he flipped votes or whatever. Well, first of all, I wouldn't put it past Ron DeSantis to do something like that. It's just that our election systems are actually very secure and very transparent to the people involved in the elections. If there was any kind of malfeasance or you know questionable activity... I'm very confident that the Democratic Party in the area would have picked up on it and refused to concede and and drew attention to that situation. I'm very sure that that would have happened. And if there was malfeasance, I'm very, very confident that Joe Biden and the Department of Justice would have brought the hammer down swiftly on whoever was responsible for that. I have no reason to believe that there was election trickery happening in Miami-Dade County in Florida in 2022. The reason Lindell is talking about it in the first place is because he hates Ron DeSantis and he wants to ruin his life. He wants to make things more difficult for him because he loves his God Emperor Trump and he'll do anything for him. That's really the whole point here. It's not about election integrity. And he says he looks at deviations. Like this isn't a massive deviation and sometimes deviations happen you know sometimes voting blocks change their positions sometimes people vote differently than they historically have this isn't completely out of the ordinary completely unexpected he's just looking for some way to get back at ron because he thinks he's trying to usurp his god emperor trump that's it wanna so yeah just gonna show everybody just like we always say about democrats where they stole their elections just like they did uh, the one that that nice lady in Georgia that got zero votes in her own precinct. Right. I want to find. Okay, completely made up. What he's talking about is an actual event there with that lady that he says Democrats stole the elections, just like that poor lady in Georgia that got zero votes in her own precinct. This was an actual event not long ago. It was, I think, like a runoff election or some kind of a really small local election. I forget exactly what it was. And there were like three or four candidates, and there were like uh, 10, 15,000 people voting in this little area or something like that. And for some reason, this woman got zero votes. So she was really popular in the primaries, or she's really popular in earlier elections, but she got zero votes in a district that had thousands of people, and that made absolutely no sense. And everybody knew that made no sense. And as a matter of fact, she was a Democrat. The woman who was dealing with this was a Democrat. She voted for herself in her own district, so she knew that that was inaccurate. So she raised a red flag, said, hey, what's going on here? People took a look and investigated, figured out that there was a weird error in the system that they were dealing with, resolved the error, and everything worked out fine. She actually went on to win, I think. There was no cheating. There was no election malfeasance. There's no reason to believe that somebody rigged the systems or any of that. He finds... Weird little events that are reported, like I think this is reported by AP News or Reuters or something. He finds these weird little events 
that really mean nothing, and he blows them out of proportion and claims that, that they mean something. And now he's using that as evidence that there was this massive multi-state operation to steal the election from Trump and everybody else. It's just all made up. It's all complete nonsense. In Dade County, what happened there? Because it's 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 a, it's a, it's a deviation from norm, you know. Yeah. It's very much a deviation. So, but and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you more. Can this guy? Will he ever give it up? Is he ever going to move on with his life, or is he going to use this whole election integrity thing as a weapon in perpetuity? That is exactly what he's doing, by the way. He's using election integrity as a weapon against his political enemies. That's why he's targeting Ron DeSantis right now, because he doesn't like him, because he doesn't trust him, because he thinks he's going to try to usurp his god emperor. This is Mike Lindell giving a, a an update, I guess you'd call it, at Mar-a-Lago the night that Donald Trump announced that he's running for president in 2024. So it's like November 15th, I think. Yeah, November 15th is when this took place. Can't believe I remembered that date right off the top of my head. Uh, they asked me about uh, Ron DeSantis running against Donald Trump, and I said, after tonight, Ron will just endorse him in the morning. you got to believe that. Why would you want to waste all that time, energy, money, and everything else? So very exciting here, and uh, I'm, I'm in my element with all the fake news, uh, doing interviews. And uh, the main thing is what? Melt down the machines? and turn them into prison bars. And it's been pretty amazing. They've all listened. Now we'll see if they print these things about our stolen midterms, elections, and uh, primaries, everything that was taken from us. And, uh... Dude, God, I feel like the guy doesn't realize that machines are, are made out of silicon, not like metal, really, but, you know, silicon and plastics generally. But okay, okay. I don't think you want to make a prison out of that, but that's neither here nor there. So the point is that he expects Ron to be Trump's only credible opponent, basically. The, the problem with this whole situation in Lindell's eyes, and honestly in the eyes of everybody, is that you can't win a primary without Trump. So it, Trump controls uh, 30 to 35% of the Republican Party. You cannot win an election on the Republican side without Trump's support. But the other 65% of the Republican Party hate Donald Trump, can't stand him, want to separate from him by any means necessary, basically. So he can't win a general election. You can't win a primary without him. You can't win a general election with him. So when Trump runs in 2024, in my opinion, he will lose. I believe that Trump is going to lose the 2024 presidential election if he eventually gets to the general election, if he actually gets the nomination for the Republican Party. But Trump has already said that if he doesn't get the nomination, if he isn't the Republican, like, you know, um, the Republican nominee for the party, he's going to run third party. And I am so here for it. If Trump runs third party, the Democrat is guaranteed to win. There is no chance of anybody winning anything except for the Democrat in that case, because Trump is going to split the Republican Party right in two. I so hope that happens. Mike Lindell expects it to go that way, too, if Ron DeSantis does indeed challenge him. And that's what he worries about.
Anyway, the point here is that Mike Lindell can't shut his mouth to save his own life, and he will do absolutely anything for his god emperor, Donald Trump. Let me know what you think about this in the comments, and tell me if you want to see more stuff like this. I am endlessly entertained by it. Next, we're going to talk about Candace Taylor and Julie Green going absolutely off the rails with conspiracy theories. This never gets old. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Candace Taylor. You may know her as Jesus Guns Babies Lady. She ran for governor of Georgia in 2020 and lost by like a massive margin. I think she got like 6% in the Republican primary. She didn't even pass a Republican primary phase. And then she accused Brian Kemp, the guy who eventually went on to win the governorship. She accused him of all kind, you know, election fraud and all the same traditional Trumpian garbage. She's a Trumpist candidate. But, th you know, this was kind of her campaign thing right here. Jesus guns babies. That's what it was all about for her. Absolutely absurd from top to bottom. She had some unhinged conspiracy theories to spread to people naturally that's who she is so let me give you an idea of who she is if you're unfamiliar because it's been a while since i've talked about her in early may 2022 this is one of her like campaign things this is like one of her promises there is a monument called the georgia guidestones in georgia it was like a stonehenge type of situation where it acted as a calendar and it was supposed to be used in case, like, society was destroyed. It told you, uh, it gave you tenets to follow to rebuild society in the event of some catastrophic thing, like a, a massive war or something. And it was written on the side of the Guidestones in 10 different languages, I think. It's just stuff like maintain humanity under 500 million people in perpetual balance with nature guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity not fantastic ideas kind of a eugenics type of thing i'm not out here parading them around saying it was good but she was making it out like they're satanic like literally said that they are a satanic monument like something that people go to to worship satan or something just bizarre Rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. I mean, it's all straightforward, basic stuff. It was just a stupid monument. But she goes out there during her campaign and makes her entire campaign about destroying this monument that was created by a private citizen. They, it was like something that was commissioned by a private person. Check this out. Early May 2022, she goes on Stu Peters, who's like a major conspiracy theorist kind of talk radio talk show host guy. Listen to what he had to say to her about all of this. You're going to absolutely destroy the Georgia Guidestones, demolish them, bulldoze them, and reject their demonic message once and for all. You're the only candidate willing to go head-to-head -head with the Luciferian cabal. You went to these Georgia Guidestones with our executive producer, Lauren Witzke, and part of our film division. How did you feel when you were there? It was overwhelming, really. 
satanic i mean it's avoid petty laws and useless officials balance personal rights with social duties prize truth beauty love seeking harmony with the infinite what does that one even mean they're not satanic it's just like general rules for rebuilding a society if it's destroyed why does anybody care that much why did she make her entire campaign about this really jesus christ dude so during her entire campaign her like i said the whole thing was centered around the Guidestones being evil, right? That's what, like, her whole personality was about, basically. And sure enough, it didn't take long before somebody walk right up. You can see them there, right? You see the person walking up to the Guidestones here, July 7th, 2022? Dropping something. You can see them drop something in between the Guidestones. Run away, and before you know it, Boom, it explodes. They had somebody on film destroying the Guidestones. So what was her response to all of that? To claim it was a lightning strike, of course. And she wasn't the only one. A ton of evangelical leaders, Hank Kuhneman and Stu Peters. He's not an evangelical leader, but he is like an evangelical and he's a conspiracy theorist and a radio host. They all went out there and claimed that it was actually hit by God. God struck it with lightning. Listen to what she had to say after the Guidestones were destroyed, early July 2022. People like to call vandalism instead of actually giving God credit because they don't know how to explain what happens when God moves. So until I see a video that shows me anything but what looked like lightning... Are you kidding me? Look, I just... The person, there's a person. You can see him, see a little feet running and dropping something. What more do you need? I'm literally showing a video of a human being walking up and dropping a bomb at the foot of the, like the Georgia Guidestone. What do you need? I don't know how else to like make this clearer. What happens when God moves? So until I see a video that shows me anything but what looked like lightning or the hand of God moving on a situation, I'm going to believe that it was God. So what that means is she's going to believe that it was God in perpetuity. There is literally nothing that could convince her because we have the video of them blowing up and a person dropping a bomb at them. What else could you possibly need to accept this? If it was vandalism. It wasn't vandalism. It was terrorism. That's not even the right word. Then there's cameras everywhere. Yep. All over the place. Then we yep. pick that up and those people should be brought to justice. Anyway, the point is she refuses to see the facts right in front of her face. And she was directly responsible, in my opinion, for the destruction of the Georgia Guidestones. That was all on her. She made this a central theme of her campaign, destroying them. Again, created by a private citizen. This is private property. I think that the Guidestones themselves were on public property, and maybe they were even donated to the public or something. I don't know. But they were commissioned privately, paid for privately, millions of dollars, gigantic monuments. And she demonized them to the point where somebody actually showed up and destroyed them with a bomb. That's terrorism right there. I don't know what else to call it. What does a washed-up conservative failure of a politician do after they failed to take office they go out there 
and they become a talk show host or a radio host or they become a public figure talking about all of the issues that they care the most about. So naturally, that's what she did when she lost her election. She went out there and decided to kick it in the public figure realm. Let's see what issues she's taken on for herself since losing her election. Late December 2022. I'm seeing a lot of occult, a lot of witchcraft, even students with pentagrams on their book bags. Um, I'm I'm seeing that all over the state. I've heard about that when I was campaigning, but then I'm still seeing that, you know. Dude, haven't, okay, haven't, like, there always been students that want to be edgy and wear pentagrams and stuff? Since the very beginning, haven't there always been goth kids and Wiccans and whatever else? Is this new? It's by by framing it this way, what she's trying to do really is she's trying to imply that teachers are trying to get students to be witches and turn away from Jesus. It's complete nonsense. About that when I was campaigning, but then I'm still seeing that. You know, the furry movement with the kids dressing up and, you know, as other animals and identifying as an animal instead of as a human, it's paving the way for bestiality. Well, okay, wow, that took a sharp right turn. What are we talking about here? <laughs> why do they always demonize furries? What's wrong with furries? Like, I'm not a furry, but why do they hate them so much? Can't they just leave furries alone and let them live their own lives? What happened to freedom? What happened to your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose? I can do whatever I want. What happened to all of that? They never cared about small government. They never cared about freedom. What they care about really is controlling everybody around them, forcing them to live the life that they want them to live, which is a Christian life, free from furries. And if you don't live that life, if you do decide to live as a furry or a Wiccan or whatever other thing, then she's going to go out there and demonize you. This is Julie Green, by the by. She has her own problems, and we're going to talk about her in a little bit. Also, oh, one more thing I wanted to mention about the furry thing. That's not what a furry is. Furries are not, like, sexually identifying as anything. They're just dressing up because it's fun. 99% of the time, it's not even, like, a, a fetish thing. It's just fun. You're dressing up as, like, a, an anthropomorphic creature and going and hanging out with other people that like dressing up in costume. It's no different than like a Comic-Con or something. What she's talking about is something called Otherkin. Otherkin is this whole thing created on 4chan as a troll to demonize people on the left and to demonize trans people and make people think that they've gone completely off the rails. It's not even real, okay? There aren't people out there who are dressing up like a cat, who believe that they are a cat and use a litter box. It's not happening. There's a woman who famously went to a school board meeting and claimed that one of the schools in the districts put a litter box in the bathroom for the student who thinks that they're a cat to use instead of a toilet. It's completely made up. Completely made up. There's never been any evidence of that happening. I mean, hell... Andrew Womack, a pastor that's friends with and on Kenneth Copeland's network, claimed that he personally knew somebody who was a teacher who goes to school dressed as a furry and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom. That's what Andrew Womack said mid-September 2022. A friend of mine in Illinois actually knows a teacher that comes to uh, school as a furry. 
and wears ears and a tail and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom to relieve himself. Not a litter box in the bathroom, but one at the front of the classroom. Like, who believes this stuff? Really, who believes this? This is all completely made up. This issue does not exist. Honestly, it, it blows me away that anybody ever bought this. And that, you know, the furry movement with the kids dressing up and, and you know, as other animals and identifying as an animal instead of as a human, it's paving the way for bestiality. That, that's not happening. Well, I've overeaten. So talk about gluttony because I've overeaten and it's a sin. Okay, so if you're doing things that are a sin, if you've had premarital sex or if you have had thoughts of homosexuality or whatever you've had, we've all struggled with sin. We uh, we've noticed when we're praying for people, uh, a lot of demonic, a lot of witchcraft, a lot of sorcery, a lot of warlocks um, come out. And yes, it is because it's the darkest before the dawning. It's a place where Satan really wanted this, what's called a great reset. He wanted his one world government. Oh my God. The great reset is a conspiracy theory. I don't even want to get into it now, but it's absolutely unhinged. Found a uh, fire. And Sorry, let me step back. There are a lot of jump cuts. I didn't edit the, the jump cuts in. It was somebody else. I think it was Ron Filipkowski. Found a uh, fire and they were doing a sacrifice to a little child. Oh my God. And, and so we have seen this all over the place. I don't care what state we've been in. We've encountered some type of witchcraft, some type of sorcery of something or another. But I will tell you, every single time we face this, no matter what we faced, we saw the destruction of it because of the name of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, and because of the power and authority that God has given to us. This is all just completely made up. All of it. It's all made up. They're all fear-mongering to everybody listening right now. And the sad part is that people believe it. Now, if you don't know Julie Green, that's the person on the right. She is famously the campaign prophet for the Doug Mastriano campaign. Now, he lost his election. He was running for governor. He's the Republican running for governor in Pennsylvania in 2022. And she was his campaign prophet. Like, that is absolutely unhinged. That somebody this, like, unglued from reality was that close to a position of power. It, it, it just blows me away, dude. And, and the things that she's saying... She seems to believe to the bottom of her heart. Like, the, both of these people believe the garbage that they're spewing right now. So Julie Green seems more concerned with, like, Wiccans and satanic sacrifices that are not happening. And Jesus Guns and Babies woman here, Candace Taylor, seems more concerned with furries using litter boxes in classrooms. These things are not happening anywhere in the United States. Anywhere. This is a made-up problem, all of it. The Lord told me Jesus guns and babies. I said it during a speech in front of, speaking in front of Marjorie Taylor Greene before she was elected. And I said, had five minutes. I was trying to get it in. And I said, I believe in everything you believe in. I believe in Jesus guns and babies. And it just kind of stuck. And so then we go on this campaign. We do this Jesus guns and babies. We're running on that. That's just, you know, three words that really tick off the left. I wasn't trying to do that. but I'm They don't tick us off. They just confuse the hell out of us. Jesus, guns, and babies. What a list of things to care about. Like, to group those things together is so deeply confusing to me. It's like you're claiming to be pro-life, but then adding guns into the mix, seemingly making you pro-death, but then pulling it all together with 
Jesus. Like, it's all just a confusing mess, honestly. But, you know, Jesus Guns Babies, that whole slogan, really does exemplify the confusing train wreck that is their political ideology. Like, none of it makes sense. None of them go together. It's all complete nonsense do that but i'm talking about it was trending on twitter they attacked me they called me all kind of names they had pictures of jesus with a gun to a baby's head i mean crazy stuff that you can't even imagine just attacking this but it was prophetic and when the election was stolen from me okay i i i don't believe a word out of her mouth without verifying it directly myself she lies for a living always has but aside from that I guess I wouldn't have too much of a problem believing that people sent her all kinds of crazy stuff because people are crazy. They do send crazy stuff all the time. It's weird. I mean, welcome to being a public figure. But it was prophetic. And when the election was stolen from me, because I was laying hands on people. Okay, God, that was weird. That was a weird jump cut. I wish there weren't so many jump cuts in this. Sorry about that, guys. So anyways, Julie Green continues on in their conversation. Keep listening here. I was laying hands on people when I was five years old. I was speaking in tongues when I was five years old. I mean, I was, again, it was just second nature to me. It was just normal because that's what I saw everybody, you know, growing up around me. That's what they did. Wow. Just wow. That reminds me of a story that I saw recently. There's a famous actress, I think, who said that acting just runs in her blood. She's just so good at it because everybody in her family is so good at it. As though she's genetically predisposed to being in show business, not realizing that the reason that everybody in her family is in show business is because everybody in her family is in show business. It's a self-perpetuating situation. Like your dad is involved in acting. Naturally, you are going to be involved in acting too. That's how this stuff works. It's not because you're genetically superior at acting. It, it, like, does Julie Green not realize that the reason that she was speaking in tongues at five is because her whole family was already speaking in tongues? Like, she'd been around this her whole life. She saw this stuff her whole life. Does she just think that she is genetically predisposed to speak in tongues? She's just genetically predisposed to be closer to God? It's all nonsense all the way down. I just don't get where their heads are at. Where is the logic? Is there any to be found? Well, since we're talking about Julie Green, I might as well show you a, a, a new clip that she released recently too. Late December 2022, let me just give you an idea of who she is and some of the things that she says. Again, campaign prophet. So she claims to receive prophecy from God. The darkness will appear to take over and hope will appear to be lost. Then my hand will step in and it will wipe them all out who are against you. She claims to receive prophecy from God in, like when she's not on the air and she writes it down like it's a new Bible book, basically. And 90% of the time her prophecies are wrong. Like, she claimed that Nancy Pelosi was going to be murdered before November 2022. And guess what? She's still kicking. She's still here. She's fine. Weird, right? I feel like the Bible says something about that. What is it? I, isn't it Deuteronomy 18.10? Is that? Or may, maybe it was 18.22. Let me just check Deuteronomy 18, the whole chapter. Yeah, this is the chapter. Yeah, here we go. 
A prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. Deuteronomy 18.20. 18.22. If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. She's straight up lied about a ton of prophecies. That's her whole bit. She prophesies like practically every single day. And in, it's in this format. So she does like hour long shows and she just does prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. What, 50 of them per episode maybe. Oh, like a ton of prophecies. And almost none of them come true. But she selects the ones that maybe could kind of fit, maybe sound like they were right a little bit. She picks them out. And she parades him around and says, look, I'm a real prophet, ignoring the ones that fell flat, ignoring the false prophecies, despite the fact that the Bible specifically says, and I quote, a prophet who presumes to speak in my name, anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. Doesn't get clearer than that. Anyway, let's keep listening to her false prophecies here. Who are against you? Fauci is coming down. The Biden is coming down. Obama is coming down. Hillary is coming down. See, these are all really vague. And when one of these people resigns or when one of them dies inevitably, like a lot of them are in their 80s, isn't Fauci like 80 years old or something? When something happens to one of them, she's going to just pluck that right out and say, hey, check it out. December 15th, 2022, 512 a.m. I got on the air and I said, hey, look at that. Fauci is going down. And that's a true prophecy, thus proving I'm a real prophet. That's kind of how she runs this racket. And as a result, she's got hundreds of thousands of followers on Rumble, which is an honestly astounding feat. Rumble doesn't have anywhere near the audience that, say, YouTube does. It's very, very difficult to grow a platform on Rumble. And she is hundreds of thousands of followers deep now. Down. Hillary is coming down. Nancy is coming down. Chuck is coming down. Mitch is coming down. She's already said this about a lot of these people, and she just keeps going. Adam is coming down. All the governments that hold you are all coming down. Facebook is coming down. Wall Street is coming down. Like, she's not even trying now. She's just listing a bunch of stuff she doesn't like, and when something bad happens to one of them... She's going to claim she was a correct prophet. It's ridiculous, honestly. China is coming down. Any country against my eagle is coming down. The world elites are coming down. And so is their one world government and all their plans. There is no one world government, okay? Jesus Christ, these people. It's coming down. Greater than the walls of Jericho. Your mom's going down. Bigger than the Red Sea. Yes, much bigger. And you will see. Great, that's all I need. Just show me. Let's see it. Any moment, right? I'm waiting. 
I've been waiting for, uh, let's see, 10, yeah, uh, 2,000 years. 2,000 years. Uh, still waiting. Anytime. The perfect storm is upon your enemies now, and it's growing in strength. She's a QAnoner, too, by the by. And what she just said there, the perfect storm, was a QAnon dog whistle. QAnon believes in, like, something called the storm, this event where the good guys are supposed to set everything right. It's kind of like their doomsday prophecy, except it's not a supernatural claim. It's like a, a literal claim where the, something is literally going to happen where Trump is placed back into power and all this other nonsense. It, the storm was supposed to be January 6th in reality, and it failed. So they continue talking about the perfect storm. The strength of the storm is like no other storm. No, the storm will wipe them all out at once. They stood against me. They shouted. They mocked me. They defied me. They laughed at the sound of my name. And soon they will have... Has anybody laughed at the sound of the name of God? Like, what, what's she even talking about? This is completely ridiculous. And soon they will have a great regret because they will realize they are on the wrong side. Like, if he wants us to be on the right side, then just... Prove it to us. Prove to us that this is the correct side to be on. That's all I'm asking for is proof. God supposedly created me with this incredible brain that's possible or that's capable of logical reason and deduction and then expects me not to use it in her eyes. Expects me to just shut down that whole part where I can use logic and deduction. Just shut it all down. Turn it off. And listen to this one nutter butter who claims to speak for him, but gets things wrong 90% of the time. Seriously. Anyway, I don't know. Julie Green is something else. And so is Candace Owens. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Candace Owens is something else. too. I mean, Candace Taylor. Uh, Julie Green and Candace Taylor is something else, man. Let me know what you think about him in the comments. And if you want to see more stuff like this, tell me what you think. Next, we're going to talk about Michael Flynn turning himself into a QAnon god and then attacking one of the most famous QAnon pastors to his face. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Uh, you can I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if we're live. Are we live? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're live. live. Yeah, we're live. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just tell you, I have, I have you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I know what this whole Q thing is. I think it's just, just sheer nonsense. Oh, boy. So this is Michael Flynn in the bottom right corner, John Yenlow in the top right corner. Michael Flynn is lauded as a QAnon hero. And Johnny Enlow is lauded as kind of the linchpin between Christianity and QAnon. He's, he's very much a QAnon pastor. Getting these two on the same live stream together at the same time is a pretty big deal. Johnny Enlow is probably just over the moon with the fact that he gets to talk to Michael Flynn in the first place. Because Flynn was specifically a, a large part of the QAnon lore. Now... I'm assuming you have very little or no knowledge about QAnon here, so I'll explain little things as we go along in case somebody's watching who's unfamiliar. But QAnon is just this ideology that is completely insane, like unhinged from reality stuff 
that has all kinds of weird beliefs about the cabal controlling kids and Donald Trump is here to save the world and all kinds of absolutely unhinged stuff. So anyway, they get on the same live stream together, these two major players within QAnon, and the interaction is something else, dude. The interesting thing about it, though, as you could hear a minute ago, Michael Flynn tried to deny QAnon completely. But that was a totally different tone than what he had in July 2020. The guy went out there and gave a QAnon oath in front of the world with his family. Originally, he latched on to QAnon. He accepted it. He wanted to be a part of it, wanted to be a leader in QAnon. I mean, listen to the oath here. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. It sounds like a normal oath, but it's different. It's tweaked just a little bit. So help me God. So help me God. Where we go one, we go all. Where we go one, we go all. God bless America. This oath specifically was famously given by like a, a ton of people all over the internet, a bunch of QAnoners, all at the same time around this time, like July 2020, rough, roughly. And Michael Flynn comes out here and does it himself, thus signaling his support of the QAnon movement. So now we're listening to him say, I don't know what you're talking about. But that's not the tone he had before. He was so influential within QAnon when it was really, you know, getting its feet under it and really blowing up that QAnoners were looking to him for information. They were looking to him for advice, for leadership and guidance. And he goes on this TV show, The Right Side with Doug Billings, right? He goes on this podcast or whatever and was asked some specific questions about QAnon ideology. Listen to how he answered the questions. I'm just going to ask you some questions and I want you to just tell me if it's nonsense or if there was anything to it at all. Number number 1, did did President Trump ever sign into action the Insurrection Act? No. This is part of QAnon's ideology. They believed that Trump did this. So, looking to Flynn as their military leader effectively. He is the leader of the white hat military as they call it. And this is the answer that he gives. No. Insurrection Act. No. Nonsense. Nonsense. Is the United States military running the country or just doing, is that nonsense as well? More nonsense. Good. Good to hear. More nonsense. There's no plan. There's no, people, there's so many people out there. Is the plan happening? There's no, I mean, we have what we have and we have to accept the, the situation as it is. So when he said that, it threw a wrench into QAnon entirely. It was a big deal. And QAnon influencers and interpreters across the political landscape came out of the woodwork trying to interpret what Michael Flynn was saying. They wanted to understand, like, what was going on. Like, he's completely contradicting what the leader of QAnon, this guy calls himself Q Clearance Patriot, he's contradicting what he said. Now, a lot of people thought Flynn was the Q Clearance Patriot poster, the guy who started QAnon in the first place. And he's contradicting him directly. So this QAnon interpreter, known as the Praying Medic, a.k.a. Dave Hayes, comes out there immediately after that interview and addresses 
what Flynn had to say in that interview. Listen to this one, mid-February 2021. Some people have heard the interview with General Flynn, where General Flynn said that there is no plan for the military to step in. Uh, I was listening to Monkey Works, and he interviewed a guy a couple days ago. And he, that guy also said, there is no plan for the military to step in and, and do anything. Well, I would like to suggest um, an alternative viewpoint on that. Um, if, if the military had a plan to intervene in American politics and General Flynn was aware of it, I guarantee you he wouldn't tell anybody what he knew publicly. Dude can't accept it. For operational security. He can't accept it. He can't accept that Flynn is telling him this is nonsense. It's BS. Don't believe it. I mean, QAnon listed Flynn as one of the leaders, and now Flynn is denouncing it, denying it, and telling people to stop being so gullible, basically. And there's a, a massive conflict in these people's minds. So here's where it gets interesting. Just the other day, like, okay, December 15th, 2022, Flynn goes on this live stream with a guy named Johnny Enlow, and they have a long, drawn-out conversation about this, and oh my God, did it get wild. Now, before we watch the actual live stream, let me tell you about Michael Flynn and QAnon just a little bit. I just want to give a little bit of preliminary information here to establish some facts here. Michael Flynn was charged and sentenced with a crime not too long ago and pardoned for that crime by Donald Trump before he left office. So what did Michael Flynn do? Well, it was a number of things. He was acting in service to other governments, namely Turkey, without disclosing that to anybody, without telling anybody that he was serving these countries over the United States military. He was not supposed to be doing something like that. But the thing that really gets me more than anything is, in 2014, Russia invaded Crimea, a part of Ukraine, right? And naturally, Obama, who was in office at the time, put sanctions on Russia for that. Oddly, Russia didn't respond to those sanctions. They didn't say a word. Nobody said anything, which made absolutely no sense. If there's one thing we know about Russia, it's that they whine and scream and cry like they're being mistreated when they're the ones that are actively harming people. So upon a little more investigation, it's found out that Michael Flynn said he spoke to Donald Trump, and when Trump takes office, if he takes office, he's going to lift those sanctions for Vladimir Putin. Michael Flynn contacted Putin and told him that. So what happened? Putin didn't say a word, didn't even care about the sanctions. He just waited it out. And when Trump took office, sure enough, Trump lifted the sanctions. He directly acted to undermine the authority of the United States president. That is a big deal. That's, in my mind, treasonous action, as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's, that's treason. I mean, I don't think that technically fits the definition, because Russia is not a country that we're at war with. They're not, like, officially considered an enemy. They're just an adversarial nation. But for all intents and purposes, it's treason, in my opinion. So take that for what you will. The other piece of information I wanted to give you before we watch this is just a little background about QAnon. QAnon, for those who are totally unfamiliar with it, this is going to be like a 30-second explanation. QAnon is just a group 
that formed out, I think in 2017, on a message board called 4chan originally. It operates kind of like Reddit, where anybody can go there and anonymously post anything that they want, pretty much. So this guy who called himself Q Clearance Patriot, again, completely anonymous officially, goes to 4chan and starts making posts about how Hillary Clinton is about to be arrested in the next day, and all you have to do to verify this is talk to a National Guardsman and ask for their orders and blah, blah, blah. Of course, it never actually happened. It was complete nonsense from day one, but it blew up on 4chan. It exploded. Eventually, Q Clearance Patriot continued on to post more and more and more stuff, and it was very hit or miss mostly leaning on the myth side. They were making predictions that were almost like prophecies, claiming to be an insider in the government, claiming to have secret information about the cabal, the deep state, this shadowy group that was pulling strings and making things happen behind the scenes. And this Q clearance patriot is really, really high up in the government. And they're, you know, trying to set things right, basically. That's how it was framed. Eventually, they went on to move to a different website called 8chan, and then 8chan got shut down and blah, blah, blah. They claimed that Trump was guaranteed to win the 2020 election, and then he didn't. I don't know why anybody believed this, but it exploded overnight in right-wing circles. And the Q Clearance Patriot specifically mentioned Michael Flynn as one of the most influential people in the movement, kind of making it out like he was one of the top leaders that was pulling strings and making sure that Trump got into office and stuff. That That's generally what QAnon is. So with that information in mind, let's watch this clip of Michael Flynn interacting with this Johnny Enlow guy, this linchpin between QAnon and Christianity. Check this out, December 15th, 2022. So I understand you as a general um, and your background in intel as well, that yeah. you're not necessarily called to disseminate real intel to us, but rather, this, this is my perspective, but rather supply appropriate words to the troops for where we're at and the things that are needed. So, i.e., what he's saying is he expects Michael Flynn to lie to them, but that's okay. He's intentionally not telling the truth to try to push things in the direction that he wants them to go, basically, for the greater good. That's what Johnny Enlow believes. Okay. Things that are needed. You were essentially revealed to us by, by Q. I never, uh, I didn't know who you were. I have, I followed, uh, I wasn't, it was because of prophetic words I was giving that people say, you must have heard of Q. And I said, I have, do not, I don't know what you're talking about. So, and, 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 and Johnny, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, boy. Yeah, as it turns out, Michael Flynn really doesn't like QAnon anymore. He he has tried desperately to distance himself from it. Okay, okay, so let me just keep saying... Look at Clay Clark laughing in the corner. So the guy that owns this platform, Steve Schultz, in the top left here, this is the Elijah List. It's the name of the Facebook page. He owns it, and he is also a QAnoner. So this reaction is so interesting to watch, to see how these two QAnoners are reacting to Flynn who is so well-respected in the QAnon community, just shredding him. What you're talking about. Okay. Okay. So let me just keep saying, as you say that, um, I'll just say, because uh, uh, it goes with the rest of my question. You were essentially revealed to us by Q, trust the plan, patriots in control, 
It was over before it began. There was continual references to you. Who knows where the uh, the bodies are buried? Uh, he, right now, he's reading from a Q post, is what they call it. Q posted about Michael Flynn, you know, in this big, long, who knows where the bodies are hidden and all this other garbage. It's all nonsensical riddles that don't even really lead to anything. It's intentionally vague to try to get people to, like, decipher it and come up with these weird conspiracies out of it. That's basically the idea. Clay Clark in the bottom left corner here, he runs something called the Reawaken America Tour, and he has a lot of famous people on that tour with him. They show up to places and they give speeches. Michael Flynn's one of them. He gives speeches at Reawaken America all the time. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump. I think Donald Trump himself has been at these tours to give speeches and stuff. Clay Clark was a QAnoner up until the moment that COVID spread all through one of his tours. Like everybody at one of his events got really sick with COVID and some of them even died, some really high up influencers. And the QAnoners in the audience at this event claimed that there was an anthrax attack on this event. It's complete nonsense. But I think that's probably where Clay Clark soured to QAnon. And that's probably why he was laughing when Johnny Enloe was getting shredded. I don't think that's really funny. It doesn't have to be a D-bag to him, right? Like, he can just, he can lay it on the line and say QAnon is nonsense without being a jerk, but whatever. Uh, and then, but the, 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 what, what I do hear from you is no one's coming to rescue you. If anything, I, I'd even written in my notes, if anything, a denial that there is Q and all. And I'm fine. We don't even, I don't want you to, that's not the question. Then why did he bring it up? He knew what Flynn's reaction was going to be to this. It's going to be negative. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if we're live. Are we live? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're live. live. Yeah, we're live. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just tell you, I have, I have you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I... So I watched through this whole thing on my unfiltered YouTube channel, Telltale Unfiltered, and the entire breakdown is releasing this week or may have already released. So if you want to see the whole thing, like beginning to end, it was like a three hour event or something. And I break it into like one hour chunks. Just check my telltale unfiltered YouTube channel should be releasing today, yesterday, day before up to this point. I think he had been Flynn had been talking for 30 minutes, at least we had 30 minutes into the stream. Flynn was communicating with all of these people for like, you know, forever. He knew they were live. The point of him saying, I don't know if we're live, are we live, seems to me is to, at the very least, imply that he's about to say something that the public should hear, but he's not going to say anything that he doesn't want the public to hear, i.e., maybe he does believe in QAnon secretly, but he doesn't want to say that publicly. That's the impression that I get. Now, does he actually believe in QAnon? No. I don't think he believes in QAnon for a single second. He was way too high up in government to actually believe any of this garbage. He probably knows exactly who Q Clearance Patriot is. I would be willing to bet. But he wants people listening to believe that he has a secret message or a secret knowledge that, you know, they don't have, for example. FYI, Q Clearance Patriot is already known. We know exactly who it is. We have for a while now. It started out as Paul Ferber and maybe had some influence from a woman named Tracy Beans Diaz. And when it moved over to 8chan, it was taken over by Ron and Jim Watkins, the owners of the website 8chan. That's neither here nor there. Completely unrelated, but it was a little fun fact I thought you'd want. 
Okay, let's keep listening here. I mean, I know what this whole Q thing is. I think it's just just sheer nonsense. Okay, well, that's, it do, that's... It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. I mean, I you know, you see all the, the, the idiocy all over the internet and these people that think that there's some white knight coming. There's no white knight coming. I understand you saying that, but I can also show you, if we went it down, down that right, about 20 retruth things that President Trump does where he validates uh, Q in some way. So... Okay, what he's talking about is something called deltas in the QAnon movement. They call them deltas. Now, in math, a delta is basically a, I think it's like a distance between two things. In this case, the delta that Johnny Enlow is referring to is the amount of time between when Donald Trump references a subject and when the Q clearance patriot poster references a subject. So, you know, for example, Donald Trump mentions Michael Flynn going to Africa and 12 seconds before Q clearance patriot makes a post about Michael Flynn going to Africa or something like that. It doesn't even get that specific most of the time. That is easily attributed to Ron Watkins, who we are very confident is posting as Q clearance Patriot. It's attributable to Ron Watkins watching Donald Trump's post history and realizing that Donald Trump posts things at seven in the morning when he gets up and he's in the bathroom. Perfect time to post if you want a really good Delta and just kind of scroll through the news and see what's popping out at you. Michael Flynn was in the news about him doing this thing or that thing. Better post about Michael Flynn. I bet if you do that enough over the course of, say, six months to a year, Q Clearance Patriot's been posting since 2017, you can rack up some really close deltas, right? There's nothing spectacular or amazing about any of this, but that's the conspiracy mindset. Everything, everything contributes to the conspiracy. There is no evidence that the conspiracy is real. Well, that's just because the bad guys covered it up. There's actually evidence against the conspiracy existing. That's because they framed somebody else. They set it up to look like it wasn't real, to throw you off their trail. And there is evidence in favor of the conspiracy. Well, there you go. Literally everything contributes to their belief that these conspiracies are real. Whether there is no evidence, evidence contrary to it, or evidence in favor of it. It's all evidence in favor of it. That's how it works. Uh, Q in some way. So it's Ask right. him about Q then. I'm not asking you about Q. This is not a question about Q. So the question is this, right? Why did he even bring Q up then? Michael Flynn did not have to be a D-bag to Johnny Enlow. I'm really unhappy about that. Like, I have no emotional investment in this, but why is Flynn a D-bag like this? There's no need. But aside from that, why did Johnny Enlow bring it up in the first place? He knew what this reaction was going to be like. Is this Right now, there is real weariness in what we would call the patriot community. Trump announced that he had a major announcement today. And in the major announcement, it is the sale of a, um, what do you call the- uh, Digital uh, playing cards. A yeah. digital, and he's a Trump thing. And so there is- uh, So QAnon is trying to work the NFTs into their ideology and figure out how this fits. And Johnny Enloe decided to take the opportunity to ask Michael Flynn directly. Wow. You know, the assumption that I would, whoever advised him on whoever advised him on that, I'd fire him immediately. Hmm. OK, I was going to say there's either some comms going on. There's some communication because 
Another thing about QAnon, they try to use military language like comms. They use military shorthand. It's just ridiculous. Dude, they're such LARPers. They're, it's just awful, dude. It's awful. Communication because it strikes the patriot. Plus, you know, plus for a period of time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in, Johnny, because I, you know, I, you I don't know what you direction wait, you're taking. You well, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know what direction you're going, but I can tell you what direction I, I, I'm going to take. And, and I think people, people are gullible. Because they're looking for something. Why? Why do we even? Why does that this even occur? If the churches are 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 preaching the Constitution and preaching the Bible and talking about what we need to do to get this country revived again, because I'm going to tell you, Christianity is lost in America. It is totally lost. We have lost sight of what this country was built upon. Okay. Okay. Like I I have no idea what any of this has to do with anything. Johnny Enlow asked a specific question. What should the real patriots, quote unquote, do to get this country back on track? And he's just going off about all kinds of nonsense. So, Which is what? Uh, Go ahead and answer what. What is it built upon? You said they're directly misaligned. Yeah, a set of Judeo-Christian principles and values. Yeah, a set of uh, Judeo-Christian principles and values. I mean, you know, the, the persecution of Christians in Europe from 1500, 1600, 1700, you know. Okay. Does he think that Christians were the ones that were being persecuted by and large in the Middle Ages through the Renaissance and all the way up to like the like now, basically? He thinks that the Christians were the ones being persecuted, not the other way around. We sure. I mean, I feel like I remember something about like the Crusades and the way that the Catholic Church excommunicated people all through from the year 400 all the way to now i it's on the tip of my tongue something happened right weren't christians like uh largely in power throughout europe for a lot of this okay that was the end of it <laughs> these people are so like revisionist history doesn't even begin to describe what what they're doing here they're just making things up whole cloth like everything that they say is complete nonsense so a little time passes between that interaction and the next one. Like I, I don't remember, like five, ten minutes passes or something, and they kind of got off on another subject. And then they come back to the QAnon stuff, and Michael Flynn is once again a D-bag for no reason. Listen to this. You're asking Americans to do everything possible other than take up arms. And if it was at absolute desperate levels, like in the 1776 pre and previous <coughs> before revolution there is a time where the only solution is to take up arms but i understand that is not one of your uh, recommendations and i know there's okay i don't know what brought him to that conclusion he watches michael flynn a lot closer than i do so maybe he knows something about flynn that i don't but i have not once heard michael flynn discourage people from picking up arms I thought Flynn was kind of in favor of like militarizing the right, basically. May maybe not. Okay. Frustration because of a top recommendation was get involved in the elections, do everything you can, and they see no justice, no point for it at all. I want to talk about reality. I want to talk about yeah, reality, you... Johnny. Okay, not not mythical or mysterious things that nobody has a clue who they are or what they are, and it's all a bunch of it's all a bunch of I garbage. Know. It's not your primary message. That's why I know. I know you're on assignment. Wow, dude. Uh, honestly, he didn't have to be like that. He could have been nicer. Like, Johnny Enlow has some really weird and confusing beliefs, but he didn't have to be a jerk, right? 
But do you have any encouragement for the Patriots of what could happen as they continue to wake if they if they're doing if they do what they they can do? So basically, what should the quote unquote Patriots do? Like what active thing can they do right now to like alleviate their stress that things are not getting better or how can they move things in the right direction? He's asked this like 16 times and Flynn just keeps telling him he's an idiot for believing in QAnon. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, number one, don't believe the kind of garbage that's on the internet. Oh, oh my God. Fantastic. Yes. Oh my God. I am so on board. Don't believe the garbage about QAnon. Oh, but believe the garbage coming out of Flynn's mouth, of course. You have to believe that garbage. And again, like, if you want to see this whole thing, it's all broken down on my unfiltered channel. But Clay Clark here, a minute or two later or a minute or two before, I don't remember exactly when, comes on and then starts spouting off nonsense about people who got vaccinated, had a chip implanted in them. This has already happened, apparently, in his mind. And this chip is broadcasting 5G signals that blankets the world and blah, 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 blah. Like all of this nonsense about, you know, chips and one world government and everything else. And here Flynn sits telling his people, don't believe the garbage you hear on the Internet. The problem is that the audience fundamentally doesn't know how to decipher between or they don't know how to figure out what is garbage, what is garbage and what isn't. If they knew how to decipher which things were garbage and which weren't, they wouldn't be watching you, of all people. Believe the kind of garbage that's on the Internet, okay, that's out there. I mean, unless you can touch it, feel it, and it's going to impact your physical daily life in your existence and what you're doing around your own community. You know, one of that doesn't even really make any sense because a lot of the QAnon claims they believe will affect their existence directly like that. I mean, they won't, but, you know, just like they believe they had a chip injected in them that's transmitting 5G and all that stuff. They believe that stuff. Flynn's okay with that being spread around, but not the QAnon stuff. You know, one of the things about you know, because you mentioned it earlier when I when I jumped jumped on you about, you know, this this Q nonsense. You know, Enlo is smiling here because he feels like this is Flynn kind of throwing some scraps at him. Right. Like he's acknowledging that he was a D bag to him. But this isn't really a point in Enlo's favor. He's not really apologizing. He's not asking for forgiveness or anything. He's just pointing out. Yeah, I treated it like garbage. Plain and simple. There's no reason for Enlo to be happy about this situation. Flynn is still a D-bag for no reason. Like, I don't get it. Do people think that being a D-bag accomplishes anything at all? Does he think that this is going to wake people up from the nonsense land that they live in? Does he think it's going to pull people away from QAnon by trashing them, by treating them like garbage and making them feel like idiots. I honestly don't think this is helping anybody by being a jerk like this. Like when people feel attacked, they shut down. It's called the backfire effect. They stop thinking about it. They stop communicating. They stop putting critical thought into anything if they ever did in the first place. It's not helpful. Being a jerk like this does not help anybody with anything. You know, the, 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 the plan, right? I mean, Plans, I, I don't know what, you know, I've heard that so often. I'm like, man, 
if there was a plan, if there were white hats and all this other garbage. Yeah, they call the people that work with QAnon inside the military, they call them the white hat military. It's all nonsense. It doesn't exist. You think that that our country would be would be in the state of, of that it's in right now if there was something positive happening, Johnny? No, it would not be. So this is not about fear. This is about action. So his whole idea, he went off on a weird tangent that made absolutely no sense from here about how people should believe in God and that'll solve all the problems. I don't even know what he was trying to accomplish with this. But yeah, uh, I would say this was probably less than satisfactory on Johnny Enlow's part. And uh, I lost even more respect for Flynn after this, if that's even possible. He's absolutely terrible. Oh, these people are complete suckers. They fell for the garbage they ate it up hook line and sinker and it's honestly sad to say let me know what you think about this let me know if you want to see more stuff like this in the comments thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen and i will talk to you next week if you like what i do and you want to see me continue to do it you can support me in a few ways first there's patreon that's probably the best way but if you want to get something back for your support you can check out my teespring i sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there you can also check out my other channels i have a telltale unfiltered youtube channel where i go through long form videos like kent hoven's seminar series jehovah's witnesses tv show and televangelists prophesying about politics and finally you can check out my social media if you have a question for me the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me i'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening